0: It is Friday, February 2nd. I'm Scott Seidenberg.
1: And I'm AJ Hoffman.
0: It is Friday, February 2nd. I'm Scott Seidenberg.
1: And I'm AJ Hoffman.
0: It's a Groundhog Day joke.
1: Here comes the Vegas truth. (laughs) This is straight out of Vegas.
0: We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to
1: start your day. We are straight out of Vegas AM. You're...
2: No, <laughs> just it's kidding. not I... funny
0: now. Oh. I did it during the cold open. Oh. And it's, yeah, uh, But it's you did it last now.
1: year. Are you got, how, we can't do the same joke every year, Scott. We got to be original. Come on.
0: A Groundhog's uh, Day joke will always be relevant. On February second, every single year. Okay? Fair enough. Fair enough. If we have to rely on Tawny Phil to tell us <laughs> that we have six more weeks of winter every single season, and we can't just assume that we're getting <laughs> that we're getting six more weeks of winter, like it's it's you know when we talk about Super Bowl props, and we're going to get into believe me, we have, we're going to continue our um, prop of prop per day as we lead up to the Super Bowl. But when was the last time? That Punxsutawney Phil did not see his shadow and predicted an early spring. That's what I want to know.
1: I I would say these are like the database doesn't have these stats. So I've got no idea. (laughs) I'm used to our database. I've got no idea what's going on there. What like what do you know the answer to it? I, I just looked it up 2020. Okay. No, yeah. twenty twenty was a crazy ass year. I mean, it, it... well, you know what? It, it's twenty twenty
0: twenty times two. It is Groundhog Day for twenty twenty because we had the Chiefs against the Forty Nine ers in the Super Bowl, right? Oh yeah, we got Bi- we got Biden against Trump. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's twenty it's twenty twenty all over again. Maybe later on this morning, Punxsutawney Phil is gonna say, "I don't know where my shadow is," and spring will come early.
1: Well, I don't think he's gonna talk because first of all, you he know. To- he talks, a uh, he,
0: he, he talks to the guy. He talks to the
1: does he like lean down and do the whisper thing? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't like that. And then
0: they and then they pull I don't out. I like this,
1: talking animals. <laughs> and then they pull out like the big scroll where
0: it's like, hear ye, hear ye on yeah. this fourth day, the second of February. And they, it's all official.
1: Imagine but, that's uh... all you got going on in your town. I would kill myself. <laughs>
0: Imagine, like, it's, oh my goodness. Imagine the guy, like, that's his only job. And it's like, yeah. he's, just, he's getting ready. He trains like Rocky, you know, for months and months at a time just to get ready to fit in that suit for <laughs> February 2nd every year when the eyes of the nation are on Pennsylvania. All right. But uh, let's talk uh, NFL. Last night was the Pro Bowl games in Orlando. So let's uh, break that down for the next half an hour, huh?
1: i i'll be honest i totally forgot that it was happening uh i was watching i watched some college hoops last night i watched a little nba i didn't even think about the pro bowl stuff going on i don't like the pro bowl i I, it's like the worst of any uh all-star event like the idea now that they don't even play a real game it's just like what's happening here um like it's a bigger deal to be named to the Pro Bowl than to actually go and participate in the Pro Bowl. So I didn't take any sort of uh, interest in it. So you break it down for 30 minutes and I'll just sit here and nod. Yeah, no.
0: Um, So (laughs) the the Pro Bowl games uh, occurred last night. Uh, I did see some clips on social media of Baker Mayfield outdueling CJ Stroud in the, uh, you know, throwing accuracy thing. But it's just, it's... I know they've tried to tweak it year in and year out because everyone's just tired of it. They're trying to make it a spectacle, an event. And on Sunday they'll have the flag football game and whatever. It's just, it's not good enough. Like they got to, it's just ask the fans what they want. Like, you know, do something different. I I don't know. It's, it'll never be what it used to be. You know, the pro bowl used to mean something. Like the days of Sean Taylor drilling a, a punter on a fake punt is just never going to happen again and also the days of the old Randall Cunningham quarterback challenge throwing the football 70 yards in the air is just never going to happen again as much I as I want they that
1: try. I liked that that challenge like the uh, the I QB skills test I did like that test.
0: challenge but like last night I tried to get into the quarterback skills and it just it just the broadcast is terrible. You know, like the announcers are just like, it's, it's, it, they don't know what they're doing. They're talking over each other. I'd never know who's speaking. It's very like discombobulated and unorganized. It's just, uh, whatever. Get me to the Super Bowl already. All right. Um, the, the only news in the NFL that I cared about yesterday, honestly, was that the coaching carousel has now come to a stop. All the coaching vacancies have been filled. The final head coaching job is is done. It's Dan Quinn is the head coach of the Commanders. And after missing out on the job in Seattle, he lands a head coaching job in the division. So he leaves the Cowboys and he joins the Commanders. Your thoughts on this one?
1: Um, my thoughts are this is a pretty big, uh, it's got to feel like a disappointment for the Commanders because you went from almost having Ben Johnson thinking you were going to have Ben Johnson, who seems like the the hottest young offensive coordinator that was available to where now you're getting a retread defensive coordinator. Who's already been a failed head coach once, like this is like the least sexy hire they could have made. But I, I think what we saw with this hire is GMs and, and owners no longer want coaches who are going to challenge them. They want coaches who are going to, I said this yesterday on Twitter, just shut up and coach. Hmm. Don't don't try and be more than a football coach. And that's why, I, I think that's why the, at the end of the day, Mike Vrabel got fired in Tennessee. It certainly wasn't for his performance. I mean, there's just no way to justify that. I think it's Mike Vrabel was a little difficult to work with because Mike Vrabel wanted to do things his way. And Tennessee as an organization wanted to do things a different way. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's why Pete Carroll is no longer in Seattle because they wanted to take back control of the organization. And, and now Pete Carroll is like a, a, an executive in the organization, but I, I, I mean, obviously they don't want the coach to have that kind of power. Bill Belichick, I think the same there, there's a reason why I mean, Bill Belichick's obviously the most qualified candidate that was on the job market this, this off season. I think that's the reason why he didn't really get a serious look is because it, it, GMs don't want that. That's not what they're looking for anymore. And I think most of the coaches that were hired, they feel like will be controllable. And that's listen, that's something that the Cowboys and Jerry Jones have valued ever since Jimmy Johnson left. Like when they moved on from Jimmy Johnson, they said never again are we going to let a coach tell us how this organization's run. And mm-hmm. basically, since then, they've hired yes men—people who will do exactly what they're told—and just go go out there and like they're happy to have the job, and they're they're just trying not to screw it up, trying not to get fired. I mean, they kept Jason Garrett around for so long, and he—I mean, he was clearly uh, over his head. They didn't care because he was—he he'd do what they said. And I think more and more teams want that, and that's the only explanation for some of the hires that were made, and some of the guys who seem like they're more difficult to work with who are probably more talented coaches. Brian Flores, Mike Vrabel, those are those are guys who aren't getting looked and you know you know what I think now? More and more I think maybe that's what Eric Bieniemy's issue is. Maybe that's why Eric Bieniemy never gets that look because Eric Bieniemy wants to he wants to control things more. Hmm. So I, I think that's the direction the NFL is going. Um and again, like guys like Dan Quinn getting a head coaching job, I you, what's the upside of Dan Quinn as a head coach? Like, let's let's just be honest. Like, what what could it really be? Is 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 he has he somehow gotten better since his last head coaching opportunity? Like, it, it, I don't think so. So, and you can say, well, he went to a Super Bowl. I think we all know how he got to a Super Bowl. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't have high hopes for that job. But I, you look around the league at some of the guys that got hired. You look at Carolina. Um, you, 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 these are. It, it, Atlanta I I think they they hired guys who they thought were in Tennessee guys who they thought would be easily controlled and sure it's unfortunate because you're going to get I think there's going to be less quality coaching in the NFL
0: well some assistant coach got jobs as well Cliff Kingsbury gonna be back in the NFL the offensive coordinator with Antonio Pierce and the Raiders I think this is a great move for the Raiders
1: I do too I, I I mean I'm I Kingsbury seems like one of those guys who was is a much better play caller than head coach Absolutely, uh, I, I'm interested in, in him as a play caller so I, I think this is a good move I think this is a um this is one of the like it's kind of an underrated move too because like it's a guy who was kind of off the radar and they mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. went out of the blue and found the guy so uh if, if if he ends up doing what I think he can do I mean obviously a lot of it depends on what what the quarterback situation is going to look like here in Vegas next year but I think this could be a a home run hire kind of that, that again, wasn't, it wasn't even a name that I was thinking about. And then out of the blue, it's like, Oh, Raiders hire Cliff Kingsbury is OC. It's like, wow, that's a, that's a pretty damn good hire. I think.
0: Yeah. It's a great hire in my opinion. And whether it's Aiden O'Connell or, you know, whoever else they're going to have at quarterback. I think Kingsbury uh, with that offense, this way Antonio Pierce can just worry about the defense and, and being the head coach, being that motivator and having a guy that has head coaching experience on the sidelines with him. I think that's huge. Uh, absolutely. The The Rams, they have tabbed Chris Shula to replace Raheem Morris as defensive coordinator and a hire that, uh, you know, I called and and it was pretty, Pretty, you know, writing was on the wall. Uh, Bill Callahan joining his son, Brian Callahan, on staff with the Tennessee Titans. So, remember you, I said he's going to hire – was his dad going to come with him? Yeah,
1: and you, so did. you that's did say exactly that. say exactly what happened. And I, I think one of the bigger stories that isn't a full story yet, but Jeremy Fowler from ESPN reported yesterday that Chip Kelly is a potential candidate to be the commander's OC under Dan Quinn. Mm. And, you know, we talked about Halfley leaving Boston College where – you know, Boston College wasn't going to compete. Although, I, I, may you know what, maybe UCLA is not going to compete in, in, the, in the Big Ten. But for a coach to leave Boston College to go be a coordinator in the NFL didn't seem that crazy to me. A coach leaving UCLA to go and be a coordinator is like, whoa. And the, the rumor is that Chip Kelly just wants to go back to coaching football. He doesn't want to do all the fundraising. He doesn't want to do all the recruiting that's required. He wants to coach football. Yeah. And I, again, that's a, to me, that's a big, that would be a big get for Washington. Like this is a, if I'm a head coach in the NFL, I'm reaching out to any of the old school type coaches in college football, who I think are fed up with the way things are, because I think there's going to be a lot of those guys. If the money's right, like if you got a team willing to spend on good coordinators, I, I think you're going to find some really good coaches in the college ranks who are just tired of the way college football's running.
0: So who would be like the old school coaches left in college football? I mean, Kirk Ferentz, like who else is there? Like,
1: uh, right. how about guys like Jim Mora who, you know, Buy-offs? another guy, another guy that was at UCLA before, oh, but mean now you junior? At, okay. Jim Moore, Jr. Who's now at, uh, it, it, he's been at UConn. I mean, I, mean, I UConn's kind of gone downhill. Um, uh, maybe that's, and you know, there's a guy who coached in the NFL before was we mm-hmm. he coached the Falcons. Uh, maybe, maybe he gets a job. Rich Rodriguez, another play caller, uh, who's at a, a young, young D one program. That's like, there's a lot of buildup to be done there. Why deal with that when you could just go be a, a high paid OC in, in the NFL? I, I think those are the kind of guys you want to look for guys who are okay. play callers, guys who are older, guys who have some NFL experience and who are probably seeing that. The writing's on the wall. If you're not at one of these schools that has all the uh, the resources and stuff, it's going to be really hard to compete. And th- those are a couple names that jump the page at me as, like, guys who yeah, maybe, maybe jump out before it gets too late.
0: All right, let's focus our attention back on Super Bowl 58 and continue our prop per day conversation. And let's focus on uh, the skill position players here. And how about a rushing prop? Isaiah Pacheco is listed at 16.5 rushing attempts and 67.5 and rushing yards. Now, we know, AJ, the Chiefs have had a renewed focus on the run. And the reason why I highlight Pacheco is because we know that any McCaffrey prop is just completely overpriced. But let's look at Pacheco here, who the Chiefs we know have had a rededication to the run. In three playoff games, he rushed 24 times for 89 yards and a touchdown, 15 for 97 and a touchdown, 24 for 68 and a touchdown. What are your thoughts on
1: Pacheco? I think Pacheco has a big day. Um, I I think that there is value in his rushing yards over. And it's funny, something I just thought of, like as you, as you mentioned, uh, the, you know, the the idea that there's going to be, you're going to have to pay a premium on guys McCaffrey. like Christian McCaffrey. It makes me think, well, what about, you know, there, there's props that who's going to rush for the most yards uh, in the game. You can get, you can get Isaiah Pacheco at up around plus 170. It looks like here at Caesars. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah.
0: So Christian McCaffrey minus 250, Isaiah Pacheco plus 170.
1: Yeah. I mean, th- that feels like value. I, I mean, th- Pacheco, we know, p- we know what the Kansas city game plan is going to be because it's what it's been. I mean, this, the, anytime their offense has been successful this season, it's been a, a run based offense for the most part. He's clearly the the key guy for them right now. And San Francisco is the kind of offense where you never know what you're going to get out of those guys. Like Debo's important. C-Max important uh brandon i could have a big game george kittle did nothing last game it, it, it wouldn't shock me if he had nine catches in this game so um it just knowing that the workload is going to be there i maybe that's a way to look at it at my 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 i think my favorite is going to be just his over rushing yards uh but it, because i mean christian mccaffrey there's a reason why people go crazy for his props he's, he's the probably the best player on the field uh well besides patrick mahomes but um but yeah, I mean that that's an interesting thing because I do think that there's going to be more Pacheco than than people think. And it, it, for him to lead the the game in rushing is interesting to me. So I'll say officially, I would want to make our prop over his rushing total. But if you if you like attempts or you like that, you know, the lead in rushing yards, I, I'm open to either of those. I would take a shot at that plus one seventy.
0: Because if we say he goes over the sixty-seven, so let's say at the bare minimum he has sixty-eight rushing yards. I mean, I guess it's 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 going to be tough, like McCaffrey, to get less than sixty-eight rushing yards. But I mean, what are the what are the, what are the chances that Pacheco goes over and it's anywhere from sixty-nine yards to ninety-nine yards? Like, I guess that's what it's been. I mean. The thing is, you look at McCaffrey's output, and uh, the dude's just an absolute machine, right? Like, the numbers that he puts up, he had 98 rushing yards against Green Bay in the first playoff game. He had uh, 90 yards against Detroit. I mean, every game, It's uh, 64 was one of his lowest outputs, but he was hurt in that game against Washington. Other games, 103, 115, 145, 93, 114, 78, 95. So it's you like he just gonna, he goes over the 68 every time.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Something you just said though that I think we're not taking into account is the 49ers run defense right now. Because you mentioned against the Lions he rushed for 90 yards. Guess what? David Montgomery rushed for 93. Mm. Uh he rushed he rushed for 98 against the Packers. Guess what? Aaron Jones was like 108, 110 yards. Yeah. So uh, I mean, that's something you've got to take into account too is while isaiah pacheco is surging right now so that's why i think maybe there is some value in that plus 170 Uh, i i like both the props i i am tempted because we've got a couple minus monies and i know the people would love to have some bet a little to win more uh so i say we go with that one i say we go with the plus money one uh as our prop for the day
0: okay prop per day for this friday february 2nd groundhog day in case you didn't know uh, we're going to go with Isaiah Pacheco to lead the game in rushing at plus plus
2: I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a uh, celery chopped up. And let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG one. But I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect, is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me if you can have that as your home base in a way that that center that equator that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy well I love it if you want to take ownership of your health it starts with AG1 try AG1 and get a free 1 year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and Five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkAG1.com slash That's drinkAG1.com slash RJ Bell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With Pick 6, you're not going against another player or players you're going against the bookmaker you're going against the number that they put up so all you got to do is pick between two and six nfl players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you download drive kings pick six app now and sign up with code rj that's code rj only at DraftKings kings pick six the crown is yours gambling problem
0: NBA, Joel Embiid getting further evaluation on his knee and the diagnosis, not good. It is a lateral meniscus injury. He suffered it in the game against the Warriors back on Tuesday night. So he's going to be out through the rest of the weekend. um, And they're exploring what treatment options there are. And they don't know how they're going to move forward. But it's going to be discussed over the next several games. He's missed the last three games. Or he missed three games last month with the sore knee and he uh, sat out, you know, Saturday in Denver, Monday against the Blazers. Then he got hurt against the Warriors. And at this point, he's not going to be eligible for any postseason awards because he's not going to play the minimum number of games, but it's important to see if he can get healthy in time for the playoffs. The Sixers without him, a
1: 127-124 win last night in Utah. Yeah, nice win for the Sixers. And and listen, any of these wins that they can get without Embiid are going to be valuable. And, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I said, from what I was reading, it looks like a, a, a diagnosis where Embiid may miss some real time is coming, and I, now we get it today. Uh, Tyrese Maxey obviously – play he he picked up the slack and he's gonna have to pick it up more. Fifty one points last night against the Jazz. I, I I don't I don't think we can expect that all that often, but uh that's a kind of that's the kind of performances they're gonna need to to keep pace in the Eastern Conference while Joel Embiid's away.
0: Well, speaking of keeping pace in the Eastern Conference, the Knicks just continue oh my God. to win a 109-105 win over the Pacers. They cover the short two-point spread. New York is, I mean, I'm going to say it, AJ, they're the hottest team in the NBA. They've won nine straight games. They're 32 and 17 on the year, just a half game back of the Milwaukee Bucks for the second best record in the Eastern Conference. Jalen Brunson, who was announced as a member of the Eastern Conference All-Star team, scored 40 points in the game last night. And I want to just read to you the last 10 games for Jalen Brunson, who was not uh listed as an all-star starter but he does get uh, you know, nominated as an all-star reserve. Here we go, last 10 games. 40 points on 50% field goal shooting. 29 on 43%, 32 on 54, 32 on 54, 21 on 70, 30 on 50, 38 on 56, 41 on 51, 30 on 52, 30 on 45%. And the assist numbers in those games, 8, 7, 8, 9, 4, 4, 8, 7, 9, 1.
1: Uh, the guy's been unbelievable. I mean, he is a,
0: he's insane.
1: Yeah. And it's funny because there was a time when when they, when they made that signing, I was like, he's nice to have as a number two, like, but he, can he like lead a team? Can he be the guy on a team? And listen, he's got to show it in the playoffs before we can definitively say, yes, he can, but he's putting up the numbers of a number one guy right now. So this is a a, a real big step this season for Jalen Brunson, who, uh, obviously, a deserving All Star and and has really blossomed into a a, a superstar. So, uh, it, it's been a long time. I feel like since Knicks fans had a guy that they were like, man, this this could happen. Like this guy's really that dude. Um, I know they tried to pretend like that was gonna be what Carmelo was, but we all knew that. I mean, you weren't getting the best Carmelo uh, mm-hmm. when he got to the Knicks and. and you know, Jeremy Lin was a, a, a nice flash in the pan, but everyone knew that that was it had its limits. I mean, it's been a long time since the Knicks had a guy that they felt like could really be the dude for them. You know, they they got they got Derrick Rose after it was too late. So this is a this is a big step for the Knicks, and you know it, if they can get it, if they can get healthy, uh, it, it's dangerous. And and Julius Randle, who we talked about, not going to miss long term, but he is going to miss two to three weeks dislocated right shoulder so no long-term injury but he is gonna miss two to three weeks uh feels pretty obvious though that the, the Knicks are, are gonna be just fine uh while he's out they, they seem to have found a way to chug along so I, I I'm impressed I I continue to be impressed every night I'm more impressed uh this team is the real deal so it, I remember you saying like I, I think this is one of the better teams in the east well, let's slow down uh, in hindsight yeah you were on to something here
0: Tom Thibodeau, 30-1 to 1, to win the Coach of the Year.
1: Ooh, I'm trying to think who else could even be in that conversation.
0: Well, I mean, Mark Degnault of the um, Thunder is your favorite right now, and Chris Finch of the Timberwolves is the second Yeah, favorite. I was going to say, I, I mean, the, the fact there's... that the
1: Minnesota Timberwolves have the best record in the Western Conference should say something. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: But listen, the Knicks, they're one of the hottest teams in the NBA. And if they continue this run and they wind up finishing as like the two seed in the Eastern Conference, I mean, Tibbs won it in 2020 and the Knicks, uh, I guess the Knicks were a three seed back then at 41 and 31. Like, um, they're going to be better. <laughs> they're going to be, like, yeah. look at this record right now. Look at the wins. Uh, it's like unbelievable. What a, what a month uh, of of January it was for the Knicks and then starting off February with a win last night. Great sign. Uh, the Cavs a 108-101 whiz win over the Grizzlies and the, the Lakers beat the Celtics in Boston without Anthony Davis and LeBron James. 114-105. Austin Reeves had 32 points for the Lakers that is a big win for the Lakers on the road without their two best players
1: yeah the Lakers need to stack some wins and, and getting a win at Boston where it's been very difficult to win uh, gets them back to 500 which I mean obviously that wasn't the Lakers goal uh, at the beginning of the season but it's it's a mark and they're there so Good for Austin Reeves to to carry that team with uh with the two superstars out.
0: Let's take a look at your schedule in the association for tonight. The Clippers are at the Pistons, LA is laying eleven and a half on the road. The Heat are at the Wizards, Miami, eight and a half point favorites. The Suns are three and a half point favorites in Atlanta against the Hawks. Kings visit the Pacers, Sacramento, a two and a half point favorite. The Raptors visit the Rockets. Houston laying five and a half. Rockets involved in a big trade yesterday, AJ.
1: Yeah, Rockets traded for Steven Adams, sent Victor Oladipo and some second round picks out. Uh and Adams, like as we know, is had, had knee surgery. He's he's out for the season, but is going to be back for the 2024-25 season. And I mean, this is a guy who they 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 talk up the Rockets, Ime Udoka's talked about wanting to have more physicality, more toughness, mm-hmm. more rebounding. I mean, you want toughness and rebounding on your team. There's nobody better than steven adams so you know i i think this is a big deal uh oladipo is an expiring contract and you know i i think this is a this is clearly a move for the future for the rockets but it is it's kind of exciting to see what the rockets are building a team that was couldn't win a game to save their lives a year ago Mm -hmm. now looks like they are really ready to make a run uh starting next season
0: Warriors are at the Grizzlies, uh, Golden State, six and a half point road favorites. Magic visit the Timberwolves, Minnesota laying seven and a half. Hornets are at the Thunder, OKC, a 15 and a half point favorite. Pelicans at the Spurs, New Orleans laying seven and a half. And the Blazers visit the Nuggets, Denver, 11 and a half point favorites.
1: Two games in top 25 action last night. It's corn, Nebraska, 80 72 win. In overtime over number six, Wisconsin, we need to look and see how many teams in the top 10 didn't lose this week because it feels like pretty much everybody, uh, I guess with the exception of UConn took an L, uh, oh, I guess Purdue won in overtime. Everybody was in danger though at some point. Uh, a lot of parody in college basketball right now. 43-27 Wisconsin led at halftime. They blew the entire lead and then outscored 13-5 in overtime. No sweat for number 11, Arizona. They've had some rough ones of late, but really took business last night. 91-65 win over California. Only two games in top 25 action tonight. Number 21, Dayton. They host St. Bonaventure. Dayton, a a 7.5-point home favorite. And the Creighton Blue Jays, 9.5-point favorites out in Omaha against the Butler Bulldogs.
0: Well, it looks like we got a pretty big slate on Saturday. What are some of your favorite games?
1: Yeah, UConn at St. John's is going to be super interesting, but uh, Houston at Kansas is a fascinating matchup. I again, I'm not exactly sure what the line on this game is going to be. It could I, be Ken a system said, play. It could be Ken Palm says it's going to be uh, Houston minus five. I can't picture that being the case, but when it's when when Ken Palm says five. I I doubt that Kansas is going to be favored at home here, Mm. which is very rare. Kansas hasn't been a a home favorite since the COVID year against Baylor. It's just a very rare thing for anybody to be favored. Home dog, You mean. The home dog, yeah. uh, To be favored at Fog, it just doesn't happen. Mm. Uh, But that's something I'm going to be looking for. Obviously going to be a great matchup. That'll be on big ESPN. Uh, Some of the other games, Duke-North Carolina, obviously, which will follow that on ESPN. Uh, North Carolina should be probably about a four or five point favorite good matchup of big men with Filipowski against Baycott but Duke has been a team has been a team who's, uh, you know, had some success uh, going into the Dean Dome and the, North Carolina I, I've been wrong about them all year long I was like man this team's not that good not that good and they kept proving me wrong. And then last week they lose to George to, this week they lose to Georgia Tech so mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what to think about North Carolina right now. Iowa State's at Baylor. That's going to be a fascinating game. Number five, Tennessee is at Kentucky. Uh, that's probably going to be about a pick spread. So th- there's some, some really great games. I didn't even include St. Mary's at uh, Gonzaga, which should be great as well. I'm going to give a best bet, though, for Saturday. It's the same best bet I gave out on the College Basketball Podcast where we broke down those games, some of the games I just mentioned. We broke them down uh, pretty in-depth. Uh, I'm going to go with cornell minus three at harvard on saturday an ivy league game on saturday and i think this is a spot where we can take advantage of uh, the unique scheduling in the ivy league both these teams play today cornell's playing at dartmouth they're the only really bad basketball team in the ivy i mean they're total trash uh cornell's an 11 point favorite so the thought is they're not gonna have to expend as much energy and can probably dig into their bench a little bit meanwhile harvard Five-point favorite against against Columbia today. Both these teams are pretty evenly matched, and Columbia, their game tomorrow is against that bad Dartmouth team. So I think you're going to see Columbia give their best effort now, knowing that they can kind of coast a little bit uh, on Saturday. And then you add in that Cornell, 12th nationally in bench minutes. Harvard is 282nd. That To me, Cornell's just much more prepared to handle the second leg of a back-to-back, a team that's used to playing uh, more guys and a team that's got an easier game today on Friday. And as for the actual matchup, Cornell, the best two-point offense in the Ivy League. In fact, the best two-point offense in the entire country. And they're an incredible two-point defense as well. Bad news for Harvard, who is the worst three-point shooting team in the Ivy play so far. Just 27% from three. Uh, Cornell, also the best turnover defense in the league. Harvard's the second loosest with the ball offensively. So if you're turning the ball over, you can't shoot. There's just a, a lot to like uh, about this Cornell team. I think they're the best team in the Ivy. They proved that last week. They obliterated Princeton this last weekend. Um, I, I just think they're on a different level than this Harvard team. Harvard 2-6 and six ATS at home. Their only games against solid Ivy competition. Blowout loss by 13, hosting Yale, and by 31 at Princeton. Uh, home road means less in the Ivy, so I'm willing to lay it on the road with Cornell here.
0: The only hockey this weekend is the NHL All-Star festivities. The skills competition is tonight. Already gave you those plays last night. They've already been up on pregame.com for free in the pregame.com forums. And we've already seen massive amounts of movement on my selections. I'm not I'm not going to say it was all me, AJ, moving the lines. But, you know, we do have very educated listeners on this show and uh, an educated audience up on pregame.com. So Elias Pettersson. For the hardest shot competition, uh, gave that out at well over plus 200. He is now plus 130, the favorite to win the event. Uh, yeah, Matthew Barzal gave him out as well as a plus 200 or north of plus 200. He's at plus 185, still the second favorite to be the fastest skater behind Connor McDavid. the uh, p- The draft took place last night. And it's going to be, you know, the, the 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 little three-on-three tournament like we've seen in previous years. This is going to be tomorrow. And I'm going to give a best bet here on this little, little tournament. And I'm going to go with Team Matthews, Team Austin Matthews. Yes, the hometown Toronto Maple Leafs, Team Austin Matthews. They are a minus 115 favorite over Team Hughes which was Jack Hughes and Luke Hughes. Now, Jack's not going to play. Jack Hughes and Quinn Hughes, excuse me. Uh, Jack's not playing in this one due to injury. But what Austin Matthews did, along with his co-captain, Justin Bieber, was select pretty much the entire Maple Leafs. So here's team Matthews. Austin Matthews of the Maple Leafs, Morgan Riley of the Maple Leafs, William Nylander of the Maple Leafs, and Mitch Marner of the Maple Leafs. So when those guys are on the ice together, it's going to seem pretty cohesive. Other players on Team Matthews are Jake Ottinger in net from the Stars, Clayton Keller of the Coyotes, Matthew Barzal of the Islanders, Igor Shesterkin and Vinny Trocek of the Rangers, Alex Dabrinkit of the Red Wings, and Philip Forsberg of the Predators. Um, now, I'm not shaming Team Hughes, but look at that team compared to Queen Hughes and Elias Pedersen. We love him. Nikita Kucherov, great. Thatcher Demko of the Canucks in net. Kyle Connor of the Jets, very underrated, long, young superstar in the league. He's got uh, 18 goals on the season. Brady Kachuk, Jesper Brad of the Devils, Cam Talbot in net from the Kings, Brock Besser of the Canucks, JT Miller of the Canucks. Frank Vetrano of the Ducks so we have one two three four members of the Canucks against four members of the Maple Leafs the all-star game is in Toronto give me the hometown Toronto Maple Leafs players team Austin Matthews minus 115 in their first semi-final game if you want to call it against team Hughes the other matchup team McKinnon against team McDavid and it's minus 110 both ways both games have a total of eleven and a half. and a half last year of the three games only one of them went over eleven and a half. first game went under second game was 8-5 so it went over and the final went under so I lean towards the under eleven and a half. and a half but give me best bet team Matthews Minus 115 over Team Hughes NHL All-Star Game tomorrow. That should be about, uh, three, eh, about 3, 4, 4 o'clock Eastern time, I think, is when that game should take place.
1: UFC Fight Night tomorrow here in Vegas. And I'm going to go with the co-main event for a best bet here. i go with Hanato Moicano, Drew Dober, under one and a half rounds. You can get it at minus 115. Great matchup between two elite finishers. And unfortunately, at least for them, unfortunately, both of them have questionable chins right now. In a combined 38 fights, these guys have seen the scorecards eight times. I lean to Moicano winning here mostly because he is an elite grappler and Drew Dober is one of the worst defensive wrestlers in the UFC. And once Moicano gets to the ground, like Dober's not going to finish the round. That said, Dober has absolutely lamped some great grapplers in the past. He's got the power to finish anyone. And in fact, Moicano been knocked out in three of his last four losses. Dobra historically has been much more likely to lose by submission than any other way. But his last loss, he got knocked out in a one-round firefight against a, a, just an okay striker in Matt Frivola. So now there's more questions than ever about him. Whoever gets the win here, I don't think the fight's going to last long. And just a little note for you guys. Hanato Moicano may be listed as Hanato Carnero on some books. So I'm going to go with Hanato Moicano, Drew Dober under one and a half rounds at minus 115.
0: Make sure you guys head to pregame.com. Take advantage of the $15 off coupon available to you for being a listener of this show. So here's what you do you go to pregame.com, go check out, purchase anything you'd like, including a seven day all access, get you ready for the Super Bowl, uh, maybe a daily best bet package, whatever you'd like. Take $15 off your purchase using the promo code Chiefs15. If you've already used Chiefs15, how about Niners15? Use Niners15 and get $15 off at pregame.com. For as I'm Scott Sandy We are straight out of Vegas and <laughs>